When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now, hey now, hey now, Buffalo Bills fans. Oh yeah, your team won. My team won. Your team won. Our team won. Our, sure. I I mean, I really don't, even though my husband's a huge Bucks fan, they also won. He's He's thrilled. He's over the moon. Woo. But I don't really have a team. I always said Kansas City, and the only reason why I ever said Kansas City was my team, because the logo is KC, Cat Callahan. Ah, right. I dig that. That's and, clever. And that's literally the only reason, though. That has huh. nothing to do with football or who's playing. Well. Ah, no idea. I, you know, the Buffalo Bills have a way of making me, in particular, suffer great, great strains of anxiety because they do things like go out and score a touchdown on the first drive, and then they'll score again. And then they'll score again. And then the other team starts getting back into it, and you start to think, oh, fuck, they're going to blow this. But as a lifelong Maple Leafs fan, I feel like I'm well-conditioned for that kind of choking. And so far, <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. The Bills are in great shape. This coming Sunday, it's a rematch against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, and the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's in Buffalo this time. Did you watch any of the game yesterday? Okay, so I watched um, the end of the Bills game before the Bucks game started where someone was being carried off the field, and I was worried about this person because they, they had a towel over their head, and they were like, ah, looked like they were hurt. Is everyone okay? I think so. There was probably some injuries, but honestly, Kat, I was just so elated to see them win a playoff game that I didn't even really pay much attention. For all I know, that person could be... Oh, really? I thought you would be watching intently all the way through. <laughs> no? Once no. you knew they were going to win, you were like, ah, fuck it. No, no, no. I stayed watching it. I just wasn't really focused <laughs> on that background? part of it. In the background? Got yeah. it, got it, got it. But the way they did that, the way they got that stadium ready to play yesterday, they had brought in all those people to shovel. And I thought they were going to be shoveling out the bowl. Turns out they've got a machine that can do that, kind of like a, like a turf Zamboni. Cool. That's badass. So then they had the people that were shoveling that were getting paid 20 bucks an hour and free food. They were really shoveling out the bowl, but they were shoveling like the stairs. They didn't do each individual row. So when people got to their seats, it would be like, oh, cool. Here's row 21. But I'm in seat 13 and you had to dig through the snow, which came up over the seats to find your seat. No, thanks. It was crazy. Can I just say, like, I don't even know. I don't even care what it is. I'm not. I'm not doing that. So good on the people. That means you're a true fan. You know what I mean? True fans will go, and they'll they'll just suck up, suck it up. All that shitty snow and all those cold temperatures. There's nothing I want to see in, the, in that in that situation. Not or, a thing. Or it means you spend four hundred dollars on upper bowl <laughs> tickets, and you damn well are going to sit in that seat. I suppose so. Did you? Do you still have seasons? Uh, no. You know what? I didn't. You didn't this year. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It, during COVID, I let them lapse, but it's okay. I'm still a member in good standing, apparently, and I have a credit on my file, apparently. Okay, good. So you can go to so- something. Next year, I'm going to renew my season seats because I want to have first shot at seats at the new stadium. So Ooh, yeah. hopefully everybody else is playing that same game because it'd be great to see more Canadians at a Bills game. In any case, uh, this Sunday, Buffalo, Kansas City, Detroit is going to host... 
Tampa Bay, which is also going to be a fabulous game. People at the other end of Ontario are right pumped about this. Then you've got Baltimore playing Houston, and you've got San Francisco taking on... Who are they playing? Obviously, we don't care about those teams. No, 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 we don't. (laughs) San Francisco is playing Green Bay. So, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. Do you think Taylor Swift shows up in Buffalo? Yeah, absolutely. This weekend, yeah, for sure. I think that Kansas City can read the writing on the wall. So here's how I figure it's going to go down. There's nothing really to do in Orchard Park, New York. It's south of Buffalo, not a lot around there. I think Taylor Swift, if she goes, it's going to be a fly-in private jet. Yeah. It's going to be a SUV to the stadium. She'll go in, watch the game. If Kansas City wins, if Travis Kelsey is going to travel back to Kansas City with the team, if they lose, I think Travis is getting on Taylor's private jet. Yes. And they're going to like Curacao, Barbados. They're going yep. somewhere in the Caribbean. Yeah. Because Taylor Swift is two weeks away from leaving for Japan for another leg of her tour. That's right. Um, and I'm curious how that's going to go too. So if they do win, and I know you don't want to think about that. You don't want to think about the Chiefs winning. So let me just let me just say this real quick. For those who are Chiefs fans listening, going, they could win. Yeah, they could. Of course, everybody has a chance. Who's in it? So if Kansas City does win this weekend... If, if, if they go to the Super Bowl, okay, if they go to the Super Bowl, she's playing. So she starts back up again Feb 7th, and she runs all the way through to Feb 10th oh. in Tokyo, Japan. Okay. So there's a chance, because they're ahead of us as well, there's a chance, because she can sleep on the flight, there's a chance that she might wrap up in, Jap- in Japan, fly on a jet back to the States, and then get back on the road, because she has a good chunk of time, actually, because she's not back until she's in Australia on the 16th. So she could technically make it to the Super Bowl if he if he gets there. You know who's going to be watching this weekend with her, though? I th- or will he? Oh, here's a question for you. Is that kind of weird if Travis's brother joins her in the suite watching his brother, Well, even though he's out? Jason Kelsey is a center for the Philadelphia Eagles. They lost last night, and he announced to the team that he is retiring. So he's got nothing on the go. Maybe he will go with his mom and Taylor and watch Travis play. Because I don't think it would be weird. It would be weird if he was going back to the team after. Like, you know what I mean? If he was going back to the Eagles and he's a little, maybe his teammates would be a little bitter that he'd go and cheer on another team, even though it's his brother. Maybe, maybe not. But I think because he's got nothing to worry about there, he might end up being there in the suite. Who knows? That would be cool. Yeah. There's going to be, a, I think there's going to be a lot of celebrities. You know Eminem is going to be back in Detroit this coming weekend. Yes. Bucks versus Lions. This is a huge thing in Detroit. He goes with his daughter, by the way, which is adorable. And he's promoting new music. End of the month, a new Eminem yeah. song is going to drop. Dooms- Doomsday Part 2 on yeah. Jan 26th. Okay. All right. Well, that's all the sports we're going to do in this episode. <laughs> we uh, promise. Okay, one more. Raptors lost again last night. They are Ew. 15 and 25 on the season. We're just planning for next year, I right? I wanted to watch that game, that <laughs> whole game. Actually, Raps is what I wanted to kind of watch. But yeah, I hear you. I, I ended up, I had to watch some of the Emmys last night. Uh, television, television award show for those who forget which is which, uh, which was fine. But yeah, the Raptors, I really want them to do well. But here we are. Yeah, I, I think that they're putting a few pieces in place. Barrett's going to get comfortable in Toronto. And Scotty Barnes is Scotty Barnes. He's going to be a, a major force in the NBA eventually. So I think this year they're just going to play it out. Maybe tank for a draft pick. We'll see. Next year is going to be a year where Toronto comes back out bouncing. And they're going to have a lot of money to spend too, which is going to be great. Okay, let's move on here. Uh, we're going to talk grocery prices coming up in a few minutes. We are going to talk cannabis retailers Coming up in a few minutes. First off, this came down overnight, and it's so concerning, but again, so preventable. 
four teenagers as young as 13 and 14 now in Halton Regional Police custody after a violent pharmacy robbery and police chase. Oh, boy. These kids. Teenagers, you said? Teenagers, like young teenagers. Violently robbed a pharmacy to get away with drugs. Police caught up with them, and they they went on a high-speed chase. I think it was Dundas and Trafalgar where they finally caught them. And even at that, the youngest one bailed on foot. They had to send the fucking dogs after him, which is great. I hope the dog ripped his arm off. There's too too many teenagers out there that are operating with impunity because they know that the Youth Criminal Justice Act will protect them. So I don't know how many times I have to say it before someone in Ottawa starts paying attention. We need reform. Kids cannot be hiding behind the Youth Criminal Justice Act when they violently rob a pharmacy and then lead police on a high-speed chase. We had somebody charged with terrorism charges that's protected under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. We've got to scrap it. The original intent was not to ruin a kid's life. Kid goes out and does something stupid. He gets in a fight and, and I don't know, breaks somebody's jaw. Well, that would be assault causing bodily harm. They don't necessarily need to carry that with them for the rest of their life for a fight that happened in the schoolyard. They don't necessarily need to have a criminal record for life because they made a mistake and got caught with a little bit of drugs or something like that. That was the intent of it, not ruining people's lives. But when you commit adult crimes like a violent armed pharmacy robbery, when you lead police on a high-speed chase, when you get into terrorism charges, the Youth Criminal Justice Act should not apply. You should be treated like anybody else, and you should probably be tried as an adult and do adult time. That's what should happen here. So somebody's got to get rid of this. This is squarely on Justin Trudeau and the federal government. Scrap the Youth Criminal Justice Act. By the way, uh, one of the biggest things that's plaguing us right now, Kat, is the price of housing. We have Rentals.ca and Urban Nation, two leaders in this information who collect all the data out with the December rent. A one-bedroom average price across Canada last month was $1,932 a month, a 12.7% year-over-year jump. I don't feel like this is landlords. I don't think landlords are looking around saying, fuck it, raise the rent. I feel like landlords are trying to cover their cost because their mortgages have gone up and property taxes are going up like crazy. I don't think anything nefarious is happening here in most cases, but either way, you can't argue with the fact that the renter is the one getting screwed. Yeah, absolutely. It sucks. It really sucks because the renter, I feel bad for those who, who want to rent, but, or sorry, need to rent, but don't necessarily want to because it's hard to get that mortgage right now. And even if you're able to get the mortgage, you look at the interest rates and you're thinking, oh boy, so then you go to rental, right? That, that's usually how it goes. And Or maybe you just want to rent. Whatever the deal is, you look at these prices, and it's true. As a landlord, as an owner of that property, if your interest rate has skyrocketed. or I do think people are using it as an excuse, though, Scott. I have no doubt in my mind that some of those people have not been impacted by the interest rate hikes, but they're looking around them at all the comparative properties going, well, that one is uh, 2400 I would have charged eighteen, but fuck it. They're charging 2400 so why wouldn't I? Because they're charging the same amount. There's people doing that, of course. They're pocketing the cash, even though the interest rate hikes have not hit them. Right, right. Or they have no mortgage on the property. Don't forget, there's a lot of people who own properties as landlords. They've already paid that mortgage. Maybe they have multiples. I have friends, who, for example, who have multiple properties, and they've already paid off the mortgage for a couple of them. So they're really kind people that have not given in to any of this. They don't charge more just because other people are because of those interest rates. But how can you tell? You almost want, I almost wish that there was a way, 
and correct me if there is a way that you could know and you could see proof that this person's paying a mortgage or not. Yeah, I mean, that it, way you know if they're inflating their price or not. I don't know if they have to. I don't think they have to show you that. I no, mean, they, I, I don't think so. But maybe they should. Hey, listen, if you are renting out a property, chances are you consider that an investment property. Investments come with risk, and when interest rates go through the roof, when property taxes spiral completely out of control, obviously your cost goes up. Can you pass it on to your renter? Well, I guess right now you can get away with it. I think that the market should dictate these things, but I also think we need to take into account that we're in a very exceptional time. The government has allowed so many people to come to Canada with nowhere to put them at all. There are so many people coming here that some of them are turning around and leaving and saying, "Eh, this is not what I signed up for. This Canada place is overrated. I'm gone. That's part of what put pressure on it. In fact, a story broke just last week. The CBC had it. It was federal civil servants warned the government, if you let this many people into the country, it's going to send the price of housing out of control. And sure enough, the staffers were absolutely right. That's exactly what happened. What does the federal government say about it? I heard an interview yesterday with the immigration minister. And his words were very, very clear. He said, we're looking at possibly capping the number of international students. He said, we're also not comparing apples to apples. He said, just because we let half a million people in last quarter, but we only built about 40,000 houses. Well, it's not the big problem that the media is playing it out to be because In a lot of cases, it's more than one person living in a house. I mean, that's just putting lipstick on a pig. That's some real serious spin if you think that's the solution. Yeah. We don't have enough places to live. We're building condos like crazy. Some of them, maybe at the end of the year, probably next year, are going to start to open. That will take off some pressure. Great. But it doesn't solve the problem because there's way too many people coming here that don't have a place to live when they get here. It won't be long before there's a full court press and they're probably going to find a way to legislate that if you have an empty room, you've got to rent it out or make it available to people who need a place to live. Like God only knows where this is going. It's not as much of a problem in America where they have a lot more real estate available, but we don't here. And that's what happens. It puts pressure on the the rental market and on obviously everything else. I mean, all of our civil services are just being taxed like crazy right now. And I don't mean in the literal sense with money. I just mean a strain on them. We let all these people come in. And I'm not saying immigration is bad by any means. It's just you got to be responsible about it. And it seems like the people in charge are not being responsible about it. If someone's going to come here, they have to have the means to support themselves and they have to have a place to go. If those two boxes don't get checked, they shouldn't be allowed to come. Not right now. Not while we have this crisis on. So... Once we get some more supply, that should alleviate the problem a little bit, but it's going to create a whole new problem because all we're building is condos. There's not nearly enough houses and semis being built. That's another issue. Last night in America, they held the first event of this year's U.S. presidential election cycle. It's usually called a primary, and a primary in each state is where If you're a Democrat, you vote for a Democratic candidate. If you're a Republican, you vote for a Republican candidate. Last night, it was the Republicans in Iowa. Donald Trump didn't just win. He blew the (laughs) shit out of Nikki Haley, who's the former U.N. ambassador, smoked Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, 
and smoked the fourth place, although kind of popular. I feel like regular people like this guy, Vivek Ramaswamy. Was that Ramaswamy? Ex- was that expected, by the way, for him to to do that? For him to win that, or was that one of those? It could have gone either way. Anyway, no, he was completely expected to win. Okay. All the polls said he Nothing was going to win. Surprising. Okay. Well, it's funny because you know. For all the, the complaining that we do in this country, other countries are interfering in our elections. Sure enough, we put out a poll in Canada and published it just yesterday before the Iowa caucuses, and they asked Canadians, hey, what do you think of the possibility that Donald Trump could win? And they, they cooked up this outrageous number that Canadians are afraid for democracy in America if Trump wins, and it, it was just a whole lot of nonsensical spin. There's another poll out that says majority of Canadians like Donald Trump more than they like Justin Trudeau. For those who haven't figured it out, there is a bit of a resurgence coming out from the center. People who usually are right in the center, they're not really conservative, they're not really liberal, they're not really Democrat, they're not really Republican, they're just right down the middle. Well, things went very far to the left for a long time, and immigration and housing is just one of the many reasons that that happened. So now people are starting to gravitate more towards candidates a little bit on the right. Is Donald Trump on the right? People on the left will make it seem like he's a right-wing extremist. People in the center are starting to say, yeah, he's got a good point. He's going to deport a lot of the illegal immigration that has happened in America. He's going to get rid of them. He's going to pull America out of wars. Donald Trump was one of the only presidents in modern history to not start a war, even though they predicted he would be the one to start World War III. So despite what you hear in the some of the left-leaning news reports, I don't think it's that bad. And I don't think Canadians are that afraid of Donald Trump. I think the reason he's winning right now is because, A, People see that they're ganging up on him down there and they're trying to sue him out of the election and because he's talking common sense and I'm pretty sure that's going to prevail. Now, if it doesn't prevail, Nikki Haley is an option, Ron DeSantis is an option, and we'll see how it goes over the next couple. All of the states have to have a primary or a caucus. Caucus is a weird way to do it. They get everybody together at like a a legion or a coffee shop and they all sit around and talk about who they like the best. Everybody writes down a name that they're supporting, and then they come to a consensus on who they want to support. And they overwhelmingly, in Iowa, supported Donald Trump. There's left-wingers down in the States that are shocked, that are stunned, that can't believe that he would win by such a massive majority last night. I think it's just a preview of things to come. I think it's going to get even more. He's going to get even more support as the election gets closer. Let's talk about Loblaw and groceries. This has been a hot topic for us. Loblaw, I think, is sort of the face of the grocery scandal. They're the biggest one. Yeah. Galen Weston has got such a punchable face, you know? Don't you just want to grab the guy and smack him? He does. And factually, they've had a lot of controversy. Because, you know what? One of the texts that we got through today when we were talking about it was, why do you guys always beat up on Loblaw? They do nice things. Fuck Loblaw. Listen, we never, and we have never said that they don't ever do good things in life. But we also aren't the ones who made the controversies the way what they are between the bread scandal and the and the pricing and price fixing and the allegations. Some of them are allegations. Some of them are not factual. Sure. But come on. I mean, you have to admit Loblaws is one of those ones because it is so large. Obviously, it's going to be the target of this conversation. Now, in this particular case, they're in the news because they they did this to themselves. They were in the news announcing this. Yeah. Loblaw has confirmed discounts of up to 50% on items that are nearing expiry. 
will no longer be offered at their stores. Loblaw is instead going to offer a 30% discount on last day items across the board, noting that they've always offered between 30 and 50% on last day sale items. Loblaw, of course, one of Canada's biggest grocers. They are particularly under pressure from the federal government to stabilize food prices. When grocery prices started to spiral out of control, Loblaw was at the forefront. How many of those pictures did you see of Holy shit, a watermelon that's normally $4.99 is now 20 bucks. They were at the front of that, partially because they're the leader, they're the biggest one, but also because it was so blatant. And I haven't seen Galen Weston come down from his ivory tower and go on television, and I know that every one of the networks, ours included, Global Television, would give him airtime if he wanted to sit down and say, here's the reality. When we charge $4.99 for a packet of blackberries, that's because our cost is, say, $4.50, or our cost is $4.25. They're allowed to make a profit. Absolutely. Anyone in business that employs as many well, people as the they do. that's the purpose of being in business. Sure. They're allowed yeah. to make a profit. The problem is Loblaw is so sneaky, so many smoke and mirrors. You know, we hear that they make these massive quarterly profits. And then when we say, hey, wait a second here, your prices are way up and you're making record profits. What the hell's going on here? Bam. They throw their hands in the air and say, oh, it's not a, nope, groceries, we make almost no money. We're basically a not-for-profit. We make all of our money when you buy cosmetics at the Joe Fresh or when you buy your prescriptions at Shoppers. They want to claim that all of the money they're making, the vast majority of it anyway, has to do with other things other than groceries. So why won't they just come out and say, here's the hard fact. When we sell you a pound of ground beef, extra lean, now, we used to sell it for $4.99 or $5.99. Now it's like $12.99. We're now paying about $9.99 for it. Show us the actual numbers. They won't do it. They refuse to do it. And I don't understand why. And they're going to keep getting all this negative publicity mm -hmm. until there's a little bit of transparency. But let's get back to this here. This is something that is expiring last day. In other words... We say this is good until January the 17th. It's a best before date. So sure, you might even have another day after that. But nonetheless, that's what they work off of is the day that it's best before. It used to be 50% was standard. It's the last day. We just want to sell it and make something so we don't have to throw it out and lose money on it. So charge 50%. Well, they quietly, mainly here in Ontario, dialed the 50% back to 30% already. In other parts of the country, you can still get 50% off on last day, but they're ending that too. In other words, if you want to translate the law, blah, bullshit, they'd rather throw it out. They'd rather garbage it than sell it to us for half off. That's how bad and how diabolical that company is when it comes to groceries and pricing. So a whole bunch of texts came in uh, on this. I just want to read some of them. As a worker, we do not understand why we switched to 30%. But we also have a third-party par uh, program slash app. It's called Flash Food. Flash Food, guys, is what it's called. The items are generally 50% off or more there, including frozen meat products. And that just makes sense. And that's why I'll shout out Dutchies. How many locations of Dutchies are there? Is that just a KW thing? I think I'll it's a honest. KW thing. That place is amazing. Yeah. I go there all the time. There's a place called Dutchies in KW, if you've never been. And the, it's, uh, it's like a market. It's nothing fancy. And I think that's the point of it. But you can go in there and you can pick and choose your items just like you can in any produce section. 
but it's cheap to begin with. Now at the back, there's a freezer section. And what I uh, like about the freezer section is they'll do what to me makes sense. So the blueberries, right? You, let's say they have a shit ton of blueberries and they're on sale and you can get them for like $1.50 a pint, which is really like maybe even less sometimes at that place. It's that cheap. You're 100% right. Just yesterday I was there. Blueberries, a pint, was $1.99. Okay, there you go. That exact same pint at Metro, which I went to later on yesterday, was five ninety nine. There you go. So see, so there's savings there. But what they do, even smarter, is freeze whatever isn't used right before it's good. And frozen, how many people spend money on frozen berries? I do for my kids' smoothies. I buy frozen berries. PC brand, for example, you can get two for like seven or eight bucks, depending on if you're buying organic or not. And then you look at how much you can get. They will make it super cheap at the back. They just automatically freeze things. That's the system that they use. So they don't have, they might have prepackaged frozen stuff as well, like from other companies, but they will freeze their own shit. It just makes sense to me. Some of this stuff is freezable. And when this texter is telling me that there's frozen meat products that are available for 50% off or more, that's great. Okay. So again, I'm going to say flash food is what it's called. Look into it. I don't know much more other than what the texter sent. Um, we also had really mixed messages on what the food banks will and will not accept. Uh, but this person does work for the food bank and says we accept items. So from Loblaws, for example, we will do it right up to the best before date. If it is a perishable item, we are quick to offer it in the pantry. The day of receipt being sure to make sure and educate people when they leave please use this today, consume it, or freeze it if it's freezeable. Right. Okay, so that's good to know. Now, we mentioned uh, food kitchens, though. That I don't know. I don't know the rules on because we're hearing from some people that the food kitchens will not take it, but the food banks will, some of them. I, I, I would have thought it was the other way around, personally. I don't know. Uh, but this person says, I work for a, a nonprofit, uh, and Loblaws um, does donate food to Second Harvest Canada, or Food Banks Canada. And they do, by the way. I've taken a walk through Food Banks before, and they've said Loblaws as a partner. And so we're not trying to shit all over Loblaws for not doing anything. That's kind of not the point. We're talking about the consumers, too. Right? We're talking about why would you go from 50 to 30? And there are a lot of people who also text us that use us on a daily basis, Scott. Um, Loblaws can go fuck themselves, says Jason. I do the 50% all the time. Now they want to take it away. Um, this is not part of the solution to high prices. They're definitely part of the uh, problem. I won't be shopping there. Um, from profit margins and reports, they're now going to be making 20% more from nearly expired goods rather than selling for an extra 20% off. Think about that for a sec, says Norris. Okay, so all kinds of different messages on this. But all in all, I can't understand it as well, and I'm not sure if they gave a clear reason as to why. This is the biggest problem with Loblaw is they are horrible communicators. Horrible. Yeah. Galen Weston should be doing every every big radio show, television show, every podcast that gets numbers like ours does. He should be sitting in this chair right here telling people, hey, listen, we're really not trying to fuck you. It seems like we are, but we're not. And just be a little transparent. And what happened in Ottawa? Do, do, September, October, we had those hearings in Ottawa and they called all the grocery chains in, this code of conduct thing they talked about that was voluntary. Did that work? Because it seems like the federal government is doing another swing and a miss trying to control prices. It hasn't worked with insurance. It hasn't worked with cell phones. It hasn't worked with groceries. Maybe they should stay out of it. Are they part of the problem? I don't know. But either way, Loblaw, you have some explaining to do. When you want to drop it, from 50 to 30, or we'll just throw it out if nobody wants it at 30% off, maybe donate some of it. 
That's a big problem, and it shows that you don't give a shit about your customers and probably your employees too. I'm well, gonna guess. Well, they're so not bothered by shit like this. Like they're moving on. They don't give a shit. Like I, I, I don't know if you guys have heard, but they're pushing the Ford government now to change the cannabis retail rules. They want to sell weed in their stores too. I think Loblaw should be given absolutely nothing else. And I think maybe since this is such a a big thing where they're making apparently money hand over fist with shoppers, but apparently just barely breaking even with grocery, split it up. Let's get some competition in the area. Let's split it up. Too big. Let's get some anti-competition laws going here and find out what we can do. Somebody's got to do something because these prices are out of control. I would have so much respect for Loblaw if they would stop tiptoeing around it, come out and say, listen, prices are up. Our prices are up. They're up because the carbon tax has added uh, lots more to our transportation costs. Carbon tax has done this. Carbon tax has done that. But because Galen and Justin are buddies, it seems like he doesn't want to throw Justin under the bus and admit the carbon tax has changed everything. However, the timing lines up. When these prices started to go out of control, that was right around when the carbon tax, the next or the latest hit happened. So by that math, when the carbon tax goes up again in April, grocery prices are going to go up again. Just say it. Stop trying to protect your buddy. Vast majority of the country doesn't like him anyway. Galen, come out, be transparent, tell us what's going on, and tell us why you'd rather throw it out than give it to people at 50% off. And I want to hear from other grocery stores too, like to be fair. Absolutely. And they employ a lot of great people and that's wonderful. And there's a a lot of upsides to Loblaws. So, I mean, myself personally, I don't want to shit all over them and I don't want to center them out necessarily. But again, they're the ones in the news today. They're the ones that we're talking about specifically today. And in my mind, they're also the face of it. I mean, like I said, Galen Weston is, uh, he's been in the news a lot for a lot of different reasons, not the least of which was all those freezers that taxpayer dollars bought for him. And, you know, I feel like we're owed a little bit a little bit of accountability, and maybe this isn't all on Loblaws. I'm willing to concede that. If this is a taxation issue or something else, then just say it. But stop trying to protect Justin and leave us out in the cold. You mentioned cannabis. Small cannabis retailers are now calling on the Ford government to consider to reconsider recent changes to industry rules that some of these small businesses say is going to crush the mom and pop operations in Ontario. In the new regulation, the Ontario government increased the cap on the number of stores a licensed company can operate in Ontario from 75 to 150. The change was designed to, and I quote, further support a healthy and competitive cannabis industry in Ontario. Independent retailers, however, fear the change is only going to benefit a select few businesses that are already beginning to dominate the cannabis industry. Hmm. We all know who we're talking about here. It's your Tokyo Smokes, it's your can of cannabises, it's your value buds, all those big ones that were capped at 75, that's the max number of stores you can have in Ontario, now they can have 150. And every one of those big stores, especially when you've got the synergies of multiple locations, you've got the buying power of multiple locations, they're going to be able to have great selection, possibly lower prices, certainly better locations, it probably will have a negative impact on the smaller guys who have only got a shop, maybe two shops, trying to make ends meet. I thought 75 was high. I can't imagine why anyone would need 150 locations of anything in Ontario.
well, for one company. I mean, if, if people are going to it and if they're willing to do it, I mean, you can't really argue that. I mean, if you ran, if you were the one that ran the chain and you wanted to continue to broaden that, then I understand why you would do it. It's the consistency across the board, too. And especially when it comes to cannabis, nothing's consistent. You order in what you believe your customers want. And there's a lot of great stores out there. For those who don't know who, if you go in and you're like, listen, I'm just looking for CBD, the gummies that you guys had, whatever. They'll order stuff in for you. That's no problem. Uh, but... Some places are better at that than others. And with this, having that consistency of knowing, oh, I know, I'll just use Tokyo Smoke because you used it as an example too. There's a Tokyo Smoke in this city that I happen to be in. I know what they have. I'm a part of the points program, so why the fuck wouldn't I do that? Right. So, of course, they're going to eventually take over. We knew that this was going to happen, though. This is a competitive – this is going to be, if it's not already, I guess, considered a competitive industry. It is. You know, it's just like anything else that we have out there. You're competing with other people. That's what you're doing. You'd like to think that everyone's working in harmony just because we're talking about weed, but that's not the case. It's business. And business is business in my mind. So I- I'm okay with it. Do I feel bad for the smaller shops? Yeah. Do I, would I shop at the smaller shops? Yeah, I would. Uh, however, you can't, you can't get mad at them about it. I, I understand why they're, where they're, where they're pushing for it. Yeah. I, and I totally do too. And Hey, if I owned a business, I wouldn't want any restrictions on my business, but I think that's what it comes down to is there's still way too many restrictions. Maybe these mom and pop shops as a standalone store could be quite successful, but every time they try and get ahead, regulation kicks them in the butt. I'll ask the question again. Cause it's been a few months. Why do pot shops have to have their windows papered over? We're in a crisis of crime right now, and you guys are making it so people on the outside can't see inside, even though all the cannabis is put away inside the store. Why are their windows papered over? Why are they not allowed to advertise? Why are there restrictions on how much people are allowed to carry? I just saw the OPP out with a a tweet last week. Hey, just a reminder, you can't have more than three grams of pot in the car at any given time. Yet you can have an unlimited amount of alcohol in the car at any given time with no rules. There's still way too many restrictions on the cannabis industry. I'd like to think if the premier would ever sit down and do an interview as opposed to just news conferences, I would love to ask the premier, is this just the point we're at now? Are we going to loosen these regulations and make things a little more common sense and a little more... um, Uh, a little more harmonized with the LCBO because a lot of the rules that are restricting cannabis retailers do not apply to liquor. And of course we have a government liquor monopoly. Only one place can sell liquor in this province and that's the government themselves. So I think something's got to change, but I do worry about these small mom and pop shops. If you get a chance to help them out, great. But everything Kat said is true. If you know Tokyo Smoke and you're a member of the rewards program, you're going to want to go to Tokyo Smoke. I totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah. Uh, Let me see if there's anything else here that I wanted to cover. Oh, one more thing. And I'm going to do this specifically for our listeners in Waterloo Region. 91.5 The Beat listeners, Scott and Cat Show every morning. We love you. We have a new MPP in Kitchener. Her name is Aislinn Clancy. She is an MPP from Kitchener from the Green Party. So the Green Party has got what? Two seats, including the leader? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got Mike Schreiner in Guelph. He's the leader of the Green Party. And now he's doubled his capacity with Aislinn Clancy, the new MPP. And I wasn't sure what she was going to do. I wasn't sure if if basically an independent member in the legislature could impact any change, but we're giving her the benefit of the doubt and she's given us every reason to do that. Aislinn just put out a tweet yesterday 
calling on the provincial government to stop screwing around and finally, for the great people of Kitchener, Waterloo, and Cambridge, invest in two-way, all-day, everyday go service from Kitchener. Yes. Toronto was just ranked the worst city in North America for traffic and amongst the worst in the world, and Kitchener still doesn't have two-way, all-day go. You could go, you could take a train if you wanted to from Kitchener to go to uh, Madonna concert at Scotiabank Arena. No problem. But you ain't getting home till the next day because the train doesn't run all fucking day. That's right. Certainly not two ways. Kitchener is a far big enough area. It's electing green members of provincial parliament now, Doug. You've got to turn it around, and the best way to do it is two-way all day go. The exact same way that the Barry line and the Lakeshore line and all those lines run is how the Kitchener line should run. Two-way, all day. There should be a train every half hour to Toronto and a train coming to Kitchener every half hour. Wouldn't that be lovely? Here, here. I'm for it. And on weekends. Let's make it happen. Well, especially on weekends, too. Especially weekends. Absolutely. It makes no sense that you can't do that. Yep. And then once we're done all that, we've got the East-West covered. It'd be real sweet if after we deal with the two-way all-day go, if they could figure out a way to make the train go from, it ends in Niagara Falls, at the, at the falls there, obviously. But if you want to take the train from Niagara Falls to, say, Kitchener, the only way to do it is to go all the way to Toronto and then from Toronto to Kitchener. We could run a line the other way. Just saying, just needs to be one line with a couple of stops. Even to connect Kitchener, Waterloo to Hamilton would be a good start. Sure, yeah. I still think we gave up too soon on that go train to London, but I thought that was a good option, too. Anyway, that's for another day. People smarter than us will make these decisions. People not as smart as us will make these decisions. <laughs> there you decisions. go. That's better. Have yourselves a fantastic day, everybody. We will catch you right back here tomorrow. Bye-bye.